gentlemen, welcome back to the Great Service Podcast. This is episode 65, a community episode. Every five episodes, we take questions, comments, concerns, and ideas submitted by the audience and the community at large, and we turn it into one big, one big happy show. And that's what we've done. That's what we've done today. Yeah. More yeah. than once, some would say. What's that? More than, More than yeah. once, some would say. More than once. <laughs> a few, a few takes, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Cut. It's all a part. It's all a part of being a content creator. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Do over. Damn it, Sedge. Right, for bloopers. Damn before it, we, Sedge. Uh, before we get into uh, the questions, because we're going to hop right into them, we're not going to talk about what we've been up to this week. Jason, would you like to let the dear listeners know what Santa Claus is bringing as a giveaway this month? Yes, this month giveaway for the month of December is a world famous uh world famous sedgley from our friends over at leather by dragonfly michelle I'm coming to um, your shop and also mouse pads by patrick <gasps> has been kind enough to throw in as an addition to the no winner way. no not way two separate winners people one winner two Ooh. prizes Ooh. Mouse, pads, mouse pads by patrick will be throwing in one of his custom leather mouse pads bespoke mouse pads hey, one might say now look ladies and gentlemen this this is a historical moment because mouse fights by patrick has never done a giveaway before this is the inaugural that is true giveaway it is of mouse pads by patrick yeah. absolutely man amazing <laughs> in all honesty everybody it's a really really nice mouse pad <laughs> Uh, we give them crap, but this is open to all 50 states. So for your chance to win, go to greensuiterspodcast.com and enter for your trans- chance to win on the giveaway tab there. And yeah, we'll draw a lucky winner first week of January-ish. Yeah. And by we'll draw a winner, I will I will pick exactly who I want to win. <laughs> and it will not be Steve Iterola. It will, it will not be Steve. No, no way, man. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be good. So one lucky winner. Awesome uh, late Christmas present for for one lucky person. All righty. Well, gentlemen, you ready to, to dive into these community questions? We've got like, I don't know, 20, 25 questions in front of us. A whole bunch. You guys go first. I'm still trying to pick mine. We're not going to do all 25, but we're going we're gonna to try to do a few good ones each. All right. I think this is one that all of us can can comment to. Uh, this is by Jevin from Cheney Concepts. He asks, uh, starting it into YouTube, <laughs> iPhone or camera? Uh, it's whatever you have. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have. Don't don't look too much into um, into what it is that you're using. Uh, just try to bring value in, in any way, shape, or form that you can. I will say that if you're going to focus on any- thing it would be audio audio is typically the one thing that people can't really forgive people can forgive a little bit of poor video quality just because of you know video compression and you know we we grew up with 480p on the internet and so it's a little bit of artifacting is fine and a little little bit of low resolution is okay but if your audio is really jacked up and poor content is accepted because look at my channel that's right Mm. i mean look at jason bent you know but audio my audio is pretty good Mm. (laughs) um so Either way you go, if, if you already have an iPhone, just 
try to pick up a really cheap lavalier mic. They cost 30 bucks. Um, kind of mess around with it, play with your settings on whichever one you're using, but try to get your audio good before everything else. And then obviously make sure that you're bringing value. But Jason Hibbs, um, as far as I understand, he still uses an iPhone for his content. Mm-hmm. So yep. it is it is not about the gear. It is about the person and the, and the value that's being brought to uh, to the viewer. Sedge, what do you got? Audio, audio, audio. <laughs> I was that's what I was taught early on, and um, just in saying all of that, there's a bunch of different mics. You get a shotgun mic, a lavalier. Um, I change them up. Well, now we have those. I always call them roadies, but roads. Mm-hmm. Um, we use those as well in Sedge Tool, um, but a little coaching on a few things. And this is where I get hacked all the time. I talk over machinery. Mm. Okay. Where I'll bring it to festival. We have a mic that's unbelievable that we use where um, I can be running routers and still talking. And because that is what people complain about is audio. Mm -hmm. They can, when we first started shooting festival live, it was with two iPhones. And but what were people complaining about? Tell Derek to get out of the frame. <laughs> but also, it was the audio. So that's mm-hmm. where the, all the upgrades come. I really like what you said, Ben. It's about the person and the content created, but it's it's about that person. And what mm-hmm. I've learned from the community is everybody can do a cabinet video, but everybody's cabinet video is going to go great. It's how you present it, and everybody wants to learn from you. And I'll tell you, if it's this, I know this is by Jevin, uh, Cheney Concepts. And Jevin, you got a lot to offer this world, kid. I mean, you're a great woodworker, but you are one hell of a brisket smoker, brother. <laughs> He's okay. So, yeah. So uh, just just get out there and get started and going. I know you just released your first video on YouTube. Looks great. I watched most of it. Um. Keep up the great work and just keep just keep plugging along. Bits and Bits is a proud sponsor of the Green Suiters podcast and a distributor of the nation's best router bits for your shop. They feature shank sizes from an eighth to a half inch and have a wide range of diameters of upcuts, downcuts, compression bits, and more. They sell bits for your wood, aluminum, metal, plastic, acrylic, and foam projects, just to name a few. Their bits are suitable for hand routers, router tables, and even CNCs. Each and every bit is slathered in Astro Coating, which is a super secret sauce that prolongs the life of your bits, keeps them running cooler, and keeps the cutting edge razor sharp. If you want to save some cash, use our promo code HANS15 to save 15% at checkout. Head over to bitsandbits.com to find out more. Jason? So, so, and I, I forgot to say this. I would recommend getting a camera only for the fact that filming really sucks the battery life out of your phone. And there have been many times where uh, I was trying to film something and was done filming. And then my I had like, I couldn't use my phone for an extended period of time because I had to charge it. Also, you're in the middle of filming and then you get a phone call. Like mm. it, it just gets in the way. I, I prefer to have the, the camera just dedicated for doing videos. That way it frees up my phone for other things. But don't ever think that you have to have one or the other. It's just more convenient for me to use a camera. Have, but th- have there you are, ever run low on a battery with anything else you own? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a motorcycle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Such as such as jokes. Oh, I thought you were All talking right. about something else. All 
All right, so Sedge, oh. would, would you say would you say iPhone or camera? Oh no, camera. All right, for this for all the reasons you said, I you know, but if that's all you have, get started yeah. with the iPhone. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You know, just get going with it, and it's just it's funny, you know. I, you look at your account after a year, and you go, "Wow, people really like what I produce." You know, mm-hmm. so it's fun. Jason, what about you? Um, some of the most successful YouTube channels in woodworking only use their phone, and they edit everything on an iPad and some crappy app. So. Uh, and that would be Jason Hibbs and Keith Johnson. They both have super successful channels. They make great videos. Um, so do not think you need anything other than that. Uh, I'm not going to echo the audio thing. Yes, audio. If I was going to recommend something, it would be the DJI or the Rode. Um, I really like the, the DJI. The now. wireless wireless transmitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you have like a problem in your shop with echo or, or stuff like that, whatever editing software you use, I use final cut pro. There's so many overlays that you can get that will immediately correct those issues. I have echo in my shop and I use one and it completely takes it away uh, is the most I had to pay for it. It's like a hundred bucks, but I can use it on every video now and I never have to worry about echo in my shop. Um, here's my thing though. I would always rather use a camera for one reason and one reason alone. And that is adjustability. You don't have that adjustability with a camera. You can do the audio, you can do all that stuff, but you do not have the adjustability um, that you do with a DSLR camera. DSLR cameras are not super expensive. You don't need 4K. Um, The only benefit, in my opinion, to 4K is you can film wide angle and zoom in on everything you want and you don't lose quality. Other than that, nobody really cares on a phone if you're looking at a 4K video. So... There's a lot of myths out there on what you need. And, and I've gone through lots of cameras. I use my phone. Whatever you have works. But we've we beat this beat this one into the ground enough. Sedge, what's your first question? Uh, let me just pull it up here. It is by um, Leather by Dragonfly. I would think it would be Patrick asking this. Do you use hide glue? Uh, my answer is yes. What is hide? Mine is no. <laughs> Do you use hide glue? Ben? I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, it's made out of the hides of animals. It's the original glue that was out there. Really? Uh, yep. Uh, there's also hide glue is made out of, I think it is either horse or cow hides, um, but just basic animal hides. Um uh, what, what's the what's the benefit of it using like versus traditional? Oh, there's there's quite a few uh, benefits. Um, if you are doing a tricky uh, glue up, uh, like uh, I've used it several times in furniture because it's an elaborate, time-consuming glue up. Um, it has a long open time. That's why sometimes yeah, I use just a regular white glue by type bond. Cause that's got the longest or the type on three open time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but high glue has a much longer one now <clears throat> until Franklin came out with the liquid high glue, you always would melt out high glue and have it in a, uh, hot pot hmm. and you'd turn it on. You'd, <clears throat> so what I do with the liquid high glue that I have is I always start with a fresh uh, bottle. It's pretty inexpensive. I throw it in a, um, a bowl of warm water and it just spreads out easier. Now, the other thing about high glue, 
uh, is it's repairable. And when I say it's repairable, you uh, can uh, say you're doing a, a, a chair, okay? And uh, a rung has popped on it. You can repair the, uh, or you're trying to dismantle a piece of furniture mm-hmm. that was put together with high glue. You use a little steam. It's heat and moisture and, you, and it uh, loosens up. It's oh. high glue has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Uh, the joint doesn't go bad. Uh, there's no creep in the joint. Were you were you there when it was invented? I did. I uh, Moses and I were coming. Hey, let's Mount let's Sinai. take all these dead animals and see what we can do with them. Yeah, let's figure it out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, the other thing too is if you produce it like uh, in chair building and it's a really tight joint and you're putting things together, it actually uh, works as a lubricant. Ooh. So, ooh, see, I got your attention, huh? I said lube. Yeah. Back. Huh? You said lube. Um, there's also uh, alcohol. I've never used it to for repairing a joint, but they say some alcohol uh, will um, work to loosen a joint. Now, here's the other thing, too, about high glue is um, it melts into its own. So if a joint breaks apart, say you're doing a repair, you don't have to scrape out the joint. You put more high glue and it melts into the high glue. Hmm. So there's a lot of good benefits to it. It works great, but I just used it for a long open time. Okay. Jason, you said you don't, you don't use it? Nope. Isn't it a hide glue used in veneering a lot? Too? Yes. There's another okay. uh, that's originally uh, using for veneering where you would put some down on your substrate and then you would put your veneer on and then you take a veneer hammer with the hot hide glue and rub it across the top. It dries clear, so you can sand it out. A lot of people would veneer like that, too. Ben, you know the only reason Patrick asked that is because he knew that Sedge was going to be the only person that says yes. Yeah. And we all know that you're not a real woodworker if you've never used hide glue, put curves in your work, or built a workbench. But we all have mouse pads. Right now, Patrick's he's he's stumping his chest. um, Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, He's probably... Thumping his chest while he's standing out in his garage using a dial indicator on everything in his shop. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, hey, My f- hey Patrick, do you, do you know what time it is? Oh, like if I have a watch? No, but I have a sundial. Oh, we go out in my story. yard and look at it. So Jevin sent me a message. Uh, I don't know if it was like on Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving or something. Uh, Jevin was at his house and he was, Patrick was cutting stuff at his MFT station. He sent me a picture or a video, and he all he wrote was, he checked uh, that his MFT was square with four different measuring devices before making his first cut. I was like, "Yep, sounds about right." Uh, okay. Oh my, my first question. Uh, this will be a quick one. At Ground Zero on Instagram, do any of you use passive air filtration in your shop? My answer is yes. I have the Powermatic one. I've had the Powermatic. I've had the jet and i had some other brand for a while but it was very similar to the jet I, I think a lot of those were pretty much the same exact thing um powermatic is my favorite it's definitely the most expensive and that's why i like it no <laughs> um it's the most expensive but for me and what i do it's invaluable because it's extremely quiet and most cases i actually forget that i even have it on but for filming content um it's really nice because on my old one, I actually had to turn it off. I was doing any content. This one, I can just leave it running. You never pick it up. Ben, I don't think you have 
one of the air filtrations in your shop, do you? No, the, the way that, uh, that I get around, uh, having that stuff in the air is I just don't would work anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sedge. No, I don't have it in actually, my shop at home. Actually, I, I take that back. I wouldn't say that it's, um, I, I have a, uh, a, a liquid based 3d printer. It's a resin printer and it's the, it's really the liquid itself is incredibly toxic and the fumes are pretty, pretty bad. They smell really terrible, but, um, I bought these little carbon air filters and you just stick it on the inside of it and it, as it's running, as it's printing, it's filtering out the air. And so it doesn't smell anymore. So that's probably the only passive one I have. I know Jay, Jay Bates has an incredible air filter. Yeah, he's he uses got a couple like of a, videos on it. Yeah, he uses a blower uh, unit with a bunch of filters. That thing moves way more air than any of the ones you're ever going to buy in the store. It's pretty cool. He built it himself? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's cool, yep. man. Yeah, and back in Fort Lauderdale, we had a JDS uh, uh, air uh, scrubber. Yeah, you got to clean them, though. Yeah. Oh, do you? Crap, I need to clean mine. They they, they work really uh, well, because I'll tell you, last time I sprayed finish in my shop. Yeah, it turned white. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, and it, <laughs> it definitely works, for sure. Uh, I'll yeah. believe it. Uh, I'll believe that just because this one, you can actually like visu- visibly see it. It's pretty cool. All right, Ben. Are we, are you? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I just, I, I just did. My... I thought we we're going to go to the, to the first blue one. Um, that's, well, we'll go to the sketch one. This is from at Rick Bino. Uh, do you use SketchUp or another 3D modeling software? I've used SketchUp and Fusion 360. Uh, I, I personally prefer Fusion 360 for smaller components, small mechanical pieces. And then for big stuff like uh, pieces of furniture or sketching out a room, I use 3D SketchUp because it, it feels like it's, it's better at bigger scales, even though Fusion 360 can do, it can do big stuff. Yeah. But there are a lot of things you can do in, in 360 that you cannot do in SketchUp. Yeah. So a lot of things are automated Sket- in Fusion 360. I, I think I keep hearing uh, people talk about SketchUp. I think SketchUp's adding a bunch of stuff that they have in Fusion 360 to make it more robust because so many people have been mm-hmm. swapping over. Um, I use um, SketchUp now. I've tried Fusion 360. I really liked Fusion 360 because... I feel like it worked better with the way my brain works. Um, but then when I started getting into the the shop design stuff, um, SketchUp just works better for that mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, and I already had a little bit of experience, so it was a, a less of a learning curve. I, I still have yeah. a lot to learn, but yeah, I definitely, I, definitely like SketchUp. SketchUp is definitely a, um, it, it's a better of the two for someone just getting into CAD. Yeah, um, there, there's not, there's not a whole lot of skills that cross over into, into 360 if you're using SketchUp. So, uh, I don't know, 360 is incredibly technical, um, but it's more robust, but it, it is, there are a lot of systems that you have to learn how to, to get around it. It can be very frustrating in the beginning, but it's one of those things where once you get it, you get it. 
Yeah. Um, whereas SketchUp and SketchUp, you can do on any device. You can do it on your cell phone if if that's all you had because it's web based or they they have a web based part of it, and it's free. So, Sedge, so do you have any experience with either <coughs> one of those? I've I've attempted SketchUp. Oh my god, it's always been on my goals to do for next year. It'll probably transfer to 2023 as well. Um, I've dib- I've uh, dabbled in it a couple of times, drew a few things. But for me, uh, just because of the way I work, sometimes I just draw it out really quick on some graph paper mm-hmm. and I go and I start hitting it. And yeah. it's designed on the run. And it because you just, I guess you know what you know. But back in Fort Lauderdale, we had a design uh, software called uh, KCD that we used for the kitchens so um but that was easy you yeah it's it's all the, isn't it correct me if i'm wrong because i know it was always with that kcd and back then it was kcdw was called in the beginning uh it, it, it's all the front end stuff that you have to uh input into it correct yeah, yeah. sketchup um i don't know if it if sketchup is parametric Fusion 360 can be parametric if you design it right. So yeah. if you don't know what parametric is, it means that everything is dimensionally, uh, it's based on origins. And so let's say that you first, not that you would ever do this, let's say that you build out a whole carcass, uh, cabinet carcass and you use half-inch plywood in your design. Uh-huh. And then the customer comes back and says, oh, we want to use 22 millimeter plywood. Right. Well, if you built it parametrically, you can go back change your material thickness yep. to 22 millimeters and it instantly changes all of your dimensions for yeah, you. That's, that's how KCDW was. You don't have to go back and, and do it by hand. And it, I want to say that SketchUp can do that. Um, I've, I've heard that that's one of the things they've recently added is the ability to do that. Yeah, because we had to design when we we're doing, you know, all our, because uh, we did nothing but frameless cabinets. We, we had to input all of our dimensions that we would normally do, like our overlays were two millimeter, our tabs on our hinges were always five and stuff like that. You hit a button, man. Oh, we don't like that color. Oh, boom. When we were showing clients, you should put another color or a different grain of wood or whatever. It was really easy. So I guess, so it's called para parametrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, parametric modeling. Parametric yeah, modeling. Yeah. Cool. cool. All righty. Mr. Sedgley, you're up. I got another question. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Okay, let's see. Oh, it's from my buddy Matty. Uh, Matty Gable. MFK 700, zero-degree base versus 1.5-degree base. And says, do you guys ever use the zero-degree? And worth adding to my kit. That's easy. Because uh, I'll tell you what. Um, <clears throat> let me remember dimensions now. When you're using the uh, 1.5-degree, it's for banding, mostly mm-hmm. edge banding. Yeah. Um, and there you have a certain increment of measurement. It's the, it's based on the base from the edge of the collet. You can only do 15 millimeter, which is nine sixteenths. I think, uh, it's just a hair under five eighths. That's all the thickness you can do. But if you want to trim more. So when you do that, 
and that 916, so let's just say 96, 15 millimeter, and you do top and bottom, say you put on an edge of hardwood on a board, you will see that slight taper. Okay, uh, with the 1.5 degree. So that's why a zero degree base and a zero degree base still gives you that 916 slash or 15 millimeter. And you have a nice crisp 90 degrees. It's basically putting it at making it a small lipping planer. Mm -hmm. But your limitations is from the collet. So you can only put so much carbide between the collet and the base. The other thing, too, when somebody says, well, I got a thicker banding I want to put on, and I just measured this out for a customer because on Sedge Tool, we did a, um, it's a discontinued tool. It's the edging base for the 1010 with the angle arm and deflector, and you're, you can use up to an inch and a quarter uh, carbide on that. So you can do some thicker materials, but that's a, just, a, that's, those are accessories. You can still get them in Europe, I think. And I think they're still kicking around dealers around the U.S., but that's for the 1010. So, yes, I recommend the zero-degree base if you don't want the taper. Ben? Um, I would say I would say get both um, because it is, you know, the, the MFK, yeah, it's exceptional um, as an edge bander, um, and it goes well with the Conturo. Um, but it's also a really great small trim router. You know, so get the zero degree base. If you, even if you don't have a Contouro and you still edge band, you can still use the MFK on yeah. traditional edge banding. Um, and it makes edge banding so much quicker. Uh, and it's, you know, and once you get it dialed into the materials that you're using, you don't have to change it ever again. Uh, I mean, I've used the MFK to do some trim routing, but for the most part, I just leave it set up to do edge banding. And I haven't had to dial it in in a year, probably. And I've I've used it on edge banding, so it's it's a it's a huge time saver. I, I would say if you have the opportunity opportunity to get both bases, then get them because you don't want to be in a situation where you need either base and there's a shortage or you know you can't get one. So, Jason, um, I keep mine pretty much always ready like you. Matter of fact, you can see it right here in the background with the 1.5 degree mm -hmm. base for trimming edge banding and trimming edge banding alone. I, It's not even noticeable if you're using two mil you know, edge banding or one mil edge banding. Like You can't really notice the angle. Um, where I think the zero degree would be nice is if you decided to use like a thicker hardwood edge banding that you applied and you wanted to keep it 90 degrees. Well, then yeah, that's going to be an awesome thing because you might notice it more with the 1.5 degree base. But I'll have more knowledge and information after tomorrow morning, Mr. Sedgley, when we actually are uh, going over the MFK and the bases and the Contouro. So there's a, there's one more uh, area and I'll show you this tomorrow um, using the zero degree and 1.5 when you're building cabinets, even with uh, one millimeter, two millimeter, three millimeter. Uh, this is your upper cabinet and you're, you've trimmed it up and down. Okay. Your edge banding on your side mm -hmm. and your bottom hits at the bottom and you can see where they meet at that butt joint from the front, the banding, you can see a gap, very slight gap. So some people that because of the angle, the, because of the yeah. angle. So sometimes when you're using the thicker banding, like two millimeter, three millimeter, you know, the PVC stuff. Then yeah, you would, that's a good point. Yeah. You would see that gap. Some people say, Hey, that doesn't matter. Well, some people don't like that. They think, Oh, the, the boards aren't cut. Right. So, 
I've done that with the connectors when I do center panels, even with 0.5 millimeter, because it is noticeable. Hmm. We can run a couple a samples point. tomorrow so you can see. Yeah. I actually think that would look kind of cool to have that little line. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just a stylistic thing. You yep. know, you maybe you like it, maybe you don't. It's like those little subtle details, like perfectly spaced lines or using that as a design detail. But I didn't think about that. Then you would mm-hmm. notice it. Yeah. Good call. All right. Is it? Oh, that was said. It's me now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, at Barrio Woodworks asks on Instagram, asks, what's your biggest woodworking goal for 2023? Uh, honestly, mine is actually to get back to doing a lot more woodworking. <laughs> I mean, if I'm, if I'm being honest, like this past year with the move and setting up a new shop, then having the, the, you know, the new child and having barely any time because I was actually going back to work regular. I haven't had as nearly as much time because I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice time with my family anymore. Um, for, you know, the YouTube channel, um, unless it's like an absolute necessity that I have to do that. So, and I've really stuck to that this past year and I'm happy that I've stuck to that. So next year, once February hits and I sign out on terminal leave, my biggest goal is to like get back into it very heavily because I'll have a lot more time. Are you going to grow facial hair? I mean, what you see now, that's going to be the extent I'm not going to grow a beard like you. No, no. I just, I like the stubble. And then I, I trim this like every couple of days, keep it short. That That's like your retired veteran card is to grow. It's a like beard. a, it's like a right of entry. I can't grow. I can't grow a big beard like that. I'd look too scruffy for way too long. You, you look too hobo-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, but no, get that's... that man your sandwich. He's homeless. <laughs> that's I mine. Think gonna, I think I'm going to grow my hair next year. Yeah. One of the other questions that we're not really going to get to that he also asked was, do we plan on seeing, um, or do we plan on doing more home improvement content, uh, on our different platforms? And that goes along with what I was just saying. And for me, the answer is yes. We have all kinds of projects that we're going to be doing in the house, flooring, built-ins, fireplace stuff, um, desks, office stuff. I mean, there's going to be a lot. So yes, you will see that a lot on my channel, but that's, that's kind of my goals. I, I didn't tell you guys this. Maybe I did. I, I put some, um, hydrophobic concrete down in the basement Oh, in, in the problem, in the problem areas. We had mm-hmm. a huge rain two weeks ago. And, uh, the only way that I can really test this out is if it rains for like a good two to three days. And we had that. And, there's water got into the basement, but it got into a new place, which tells me that the water was diverted Wow! to wherever the new weakest point was. So I, I think if I just keep going down the line and, and, um, putting in that hydrostatic concrete that it's or hydrophobic concrete that it'll, hmm. it'll just push it towards the outside of the house. So it definitely works. Wow. That's good news, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, hopefully it's sure. not like a, hopefully it's not just like a six month fix. Hopefully it's a little bit more permanent than that. Yeah, for sure. But I, I was able to pop in quite a bit underneath the slab. So, so I mean, did you realize there? So do you have any woodworking uh, dreams or goals for 2023, Ben? I don't. 
it's all motorcycle stuff, unfortunately. Nice. Nice. Sedge, Sedge what about you? You got any projects this month? Oh, God. I, I was looking at my goals for this year that I set up, and I go, ooh, I'm going to have to move those to 2023. I, actually, I forgot. I do have. I do have. It's not housekeeping stuff, but I have to make the centerpieces for our wedding. So there you that's, go. That's the only thing that I have to make, though. That's it. Cool. No, I'm. I'm just gonna keep plugging along, and we've discussed this before. It's tough sometimes because I, there's a lot of things that I need to do. I need to build, and uh, but I want to film them. And as I do that, I go, oh, geez, because, you know, and Big D, I want to show Big D on how to do all this on the channel. But, you know, life gets in the way sometimes and you have to prioritize family over woodworking and Mm -hmm. whether it's me, Big D or Chris. And uh, I told the boys, I go, 2023, guys, we're going to have to buckle down and get some more uh, good builds in there. So stay tuned. I got some stuff that we're planning. That's so annoying about content creation how you what you just said it's like there's so many things i want to do but i want to film them and because i can't film them now i'm not doing them i hate that about this field i hate feeling guilty when i build something and i don't film it and my most enjoyable times in my shop is when i do not have to touch a camera so annoying well i i would i would say Maybe that's because I, I kind of experienced that too with my content, but I, I was able to kind of get away, get around that to where I don't feel guilty when I don't record something. Um, I, I would say plan it out, say, okay, I'm going to record this, but I'm not going to record this. Well, no, I you do know? that. That's easy. Like knowing what to record and what not to record isn't the problem, but it's the fact that now I have the inconvenience. That's why I hate doing build videos. I would much rather just keep all that documented on Instagram because it just drags everything oh, out. Instructional yeah, yeah. videos and tool videos is fine. But sometimes I just, I don't want the hassle and I get, I get crap for it constantly. Like, Oh, you don't even build anything anymore. And when are you going to do another build video? It's like, I never did that stuff because it's irritating. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the reason I feel guilty is not because of my audience, because it's a missed opportunity because that's, that's revenue that could be generated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the amount of work that goes into those videos and the return that you get on them is just not there. So it makes it very frustrating to do. So sometimes you're just like, you know what? I just, I need to get out in the shop and I need to build something. What if, what if you were able to hire someone those particular projects, just hire a cameraman? That'd be great. But then they would have to be able to work with my schedule. And if I'm doing this nine to five, that's going to be a lot harder to find. I mean, just get Leo to do it. Yeah. Leo here, (laughs) hold this camera. It'll just be him. Like, okay. Oh, look daddy. And he's like his face in the camera all the time. (laughs) What if what if you got a 360 camera? No, because for that, like, I still want to get good shots and tight shots of what I'm doing, not just like put a camera. I could do that. I could just put a camera up at the corner, do a time lapse, but that didn't do anything. Well, no, not that you would do a time lapse, but with a 360 camera, you don't have to worry about camera placement, more or less. You get it close to the action, but you don't have to worry about. Okay, let me let me back up. You, you still got to move about, it if you want to get close to the action. Yeah, no, I know. And that's why I said, let me back it up. You still have to worry about camera placement. You don't have to worry about camera framing. Yeah, but the framing is not the hard part for me. It's just constantly stopping what I'm doing. and move. 
we're going down a, a deep rabbit hole on this, but it's just, it's so, it's really frustrating sometimes because, you know, you just, isn't, isn't it nice to just go in your shop and play some music and well, yeah. just not is. worry about anything and just have fun I, building? I, I, know, I, do that I miss with, that. I do that with motorcycle rides. I'm like, but, you know what, no. Teddy, I'm not going to film anything. I'm just, I, I say, I said to myself, this one's for me and I go ride. But then when something happens and you don't have it on tape, what do you think? That I'll just that there will be something the next time I ride, like th- because it, that, that always been cool. Because that always happens. It always happens. There have been so many times where I was like, God, I wish I was recording this. But you know what? There's another one right around the corner. There's there's yeah. another mishap right around the corner that I'll already have all my camera gear, you know, with me. So, you know, I started out yesterday with the intent of filming some filming a video. But as soon as I started, I was like, man, I really don't feel like filming this because it, you know, and Jason, we've had this discussion many times. When you film something, you're at a minimum doubling the time it takes to do it. Mm. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I was like, man, I really don't, because it does that in and of itself gets in the way of the enjoyment of what it is, whatever it is that you're trying yes, to do. Exactly. And, you know, it is incredibly hard to film yourself when you're frustrated because it's like not only am i trying to solve this problem but i'm also having to record like record this in a very certain way to t- tell a story or more or you know get get the point across to the viewer that is incredibly dif- difficult you know and that's i think that's why if, if you're doing content creation that you do have to plan it out and say you know what today's just going to be for me and that's it hmm. and then you just enjoy it for yourself you know, I don't know. You know, it's, I've actually started a lot of projects where I actually start filming it and then it's taking me way longer to do mm-hmm. the project because of limited time. And then I forget to film something and it's something big that I needed to film. And then I just scrap, I just mm-hmm. scrap the entire thing. I can't tell you. And that, that only happens on build projects. There have been so many things that I have built, started filming and then never finished it because of that specific example. Like, crap, I totally forgot to start the camera and do this, or I'm just so tired of this. I just want to get this done. I only have two hours. I need to get this done today. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm already too far into it. Well, well that's, so that's so much footage of builds that I've never put on YouTube. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why you hire someone for those, for those very specific instances. Because, and you mentioned earlier, you know, about them, you know, being on your time schedule. That's why you hire them. And say no, I'm I'm paying you to be here between these times. Yeah, no, I get that. And, and next year, I would definitely like to dabble with that. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm having a hard enough time trying to find somebody to make plans, let alone get somebody to come film me on, you know, during the day, during the week. And I'm also still trying to hash out like what my schedule is going to be and everything else. So. Hey, this is Ben, inviting you to join our growing podcast community over on Patreon. As a member of our community, you'll get early and ad-free access to each episode, as well as invites to our monthly group call with the community. Also, you'll be able to participate in the direction of the show by submitting your questions for upcoming episodes. Use the links in the show notes below, and we'll see you on Patreon. I definitely want to start investing more money into the into the channel and to the growth, because you know I'm not going to grow if, if I don't start letting some of these things go and have more time mm-hmm. to do other things, but... Just get Nicole to do it. Yeah. Let's quit your job. Come in here. You can hold the baby in one hand and film me in another. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, that'll go over well. Yeah, she'd love that.
Do you guys just want to hit one more as a group? Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. We don't have about that a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to do? You want to do uh, Mr. Tommy Mullaney's question? Okay. I I really wanted to answer Spencerly Design Codes. <clears throat> like as a bonus, like at the very mm-hmm. end. I, I, oh. I changed it uh, bright blue because I think it's hilarious. Okay. Do you want me to read Tommy's? Sure. This is from Tommy Mullaney. What's the name of his uh, Instagram account now? Now it's uh, Black. Is it what is it? Black Label Carpentry Co. Yeah, Black Label Carpentry. Um, he says here, being a shortage of people entering the trades, the trades. How do we fix it? Where do we start? I'll uh, I'll just mention this. <clears throat> Keep doing what you're doing. And being in a lead by example, because the kids are out there watching us on YouTube, uh, watching us on Instagram. And I'll tell you what, I had a kid come up to me at a trade school up in uh, Toronto, just north of Toronto. And I saw this young man lurking around the roadshow. And he came up to me and he said he stayed there for an hour, hour and a half. And he came up to me and I go, hey, I see you've been here for a while. Do you really, do you have a question for me? He goes, no, I just wanted to thank you. I go, why? He goes, I've been watching you and I've been watching the Festool Sedge channel. And he goes, you inspired me. It blew me away. And since then, I've had several people come up to me and say, hey, we, you know what? I decided to go to school and go into the trades. Because I've talked about this on uh, Martin Craftsman. I think I've talked about it on something we did on this old house. Um, every every channel out there is talking about bringing people into the trades. So I just tell people, talk about it, lead by example, but make sure you talk to people out there when you're out and about, about how if you are passionate about what you do, like trim carpentry or framing or cabinetry or anything, Talk about it and lead by example and tell them it is a great way to make a living because so many times people have been shunned um, and say, no, 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 you have to go to college and you have to do this. You have to do that. No, you don't go to go to a vocational school. (laughs) It is a good living if you put your mind to it and you honor the craft. So that's what I have to say about that. So I think that's a great question, Tommy. What do you say? Uh, Mr. Marshall, I, I would say that if I I can't speak to it because that's not something that I am, am invested in. I know that Tommy does um, that he's in the trades, so you know I'm just taking his word for it. I, I would just say that you can't fix it. That this is just kind of the ebb and flow, the seasonality of of being humans. You know, there there's going to be pulls away from the trades, and maybe it's just his area. And I think he's in Florida. Maybe it's just his area. There's a huge pull away from from tradespeople. Maybe they're moving to other places that have better business opportunities. I, I I don't know. I'm just you know kind of speaking off the cuff here. But I would just say uh, I agree with with Sedge. You know, just try to do what you can to keep the craft alive. Try to teach people that are willing to learn, and you know, the, I'm sure in if there's a downswing right now. 5, 10, 15, 20 years, there'll be an upswing. 
because people are going to wake up one day and be like, well, who's going to come and fix my, my toilet or who's going to come and, you know, put crown molding up and it's going to be like, well, nobody. And so then there's this, this big uh, vacuum of needs that need to be met. Well, all these people are going to start figuring out how to do this, or they're going to go to a trade school or they're going to find a YouTube video or they're, you know, just kind of the swing of things. <laughs> I, I don't think that you can fix it other than, just keep doing, just like said, just keep doing what you're doing. If you're <clears throat> passionate about it, yep. and and enjoy the 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 influx of clients, I would say, you know, if you can handle it, hopefully with a workforce. So there Mr. is there is a major shortage out there. Gotta- I, I don't know how to answer. I don't know how to answer the question because I think it's very generational based. Um, I think moving forward anytime think- in the near future, it, it's going to really have to be incentivized, right? Like it's going to in order for a lot of younger kids now to take it seriously and look at it as something they really want to do. It's sad to say this, but it's probably got to have really good incentives to it. And that's just the reality. There's going to be so many people that end up wanting to start these careers on social media because they, their favorite influencer is making a million dollars a year. And, you know, at some point it's, it's going to shift back because Ben's right. Things are always going to need to be fixed and people are always going to want work done. But the other thing that is scary is how automated things are becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain things obviously that are not going to be able to be automated, but I think at some point, you know, it's, it may increase again. I, I'd be interested to find out what the number of people in the trades are now versus 20 years ago, uh, now versus 40 years ago and see those trends to see, you know, where, where it's gone, but there's going to be people that are interested in it and naturally do it. There's going to be people that find it and become interested. There's going to be people that try it and hate it. It's just like any other job. I feel like. And I'm, I'm honestly wondering if this is not, and you said generous Jason, I'm wondering if this is not a problem of the current times. I wonder, I'm wondering if this is a problem with the last three decades, 30 years was, ago, there 30. was a huge push for people to go to college, not go to the trades. And I think this may be a result of that. 30 years ago, we were having this conversation in Fort Lauderdale, how we couldn't find, how we were worried because of the early CNCs coming out, but we were also the automation, but we were worried. We, we couldn't find people to work even back mm-hmm. then. There was nobody young coming into the trades. We were so inundated 30 years ago. So this has been ongoing. And it, and by the way, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, though, because you said 30 years ago, there was this big push. Everybody needs to go to college. And I remember that growing up. You need to go to college to get a degree. And the, the type of degree you needed just kept increasing. I will tell you that in the last three to five years, I'm hearing a lot more from a lot of people that they're advocates for like, no, you don't need to go to college. So we might be seeing the swing now where it does start to equal out and people are going, I don't need to go to college to get a degree. I can go learn how to frame houses or build cabinets or be a plumber or be an electrician. So it it may start to swing back the other direction because one of the biggest voices, a lot of people keep saying it. One of the biggest voices out there is Mike Rowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's been pushing Skills USA. There's all kinds of great programs out there, but and it's it's a good thing because we do, we do need we need people in the trades, and we've you know whatever. So everybody, oh no, you gotta go be a doctor. You gotta go be an attorney. 
you know, no, you can make a really nice living and you can create with your hands. Uh, mm-hmm. I get really overpassionate about this. It's just so it's cool. Let's get some more people in here. Great, great question, Tommy. Great question. Maybe that's something we can bring somebody on as a guest sometime and we can talk about talk maybe. about that. That'd be cool. Yeah. So Jason, call Mike Rowe and see if we can get him on as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. I can't think of anybody else. Ben, you want to hit that last one? I've got to head upstairs uh, here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So this is from Spitzel Design Co. And he asks, would you rather build everything out of two by fours or walnut stained red oak? <laughs> My, an, my was, answer is red oak. Red oak. I, that's what I, I was like. Two go by with. fours. I like two I was by gonna fours go with pocket holes. I was gonna. I was gonna go with walnut stained red oak, and I would. I would start my business name, or my business name would be the Trash Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I choose red oak just because it's more enjoyable to work with than two by fours. That's for sure. Oh, no, man, two by fours all the way. Now, as soon as holes. I saw that question, I was like, "Oh, that's a good one." Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jason, do you have any comments? I, I have one comment that I that I felt like sharing. Uh, I didn't look through tonight just because uh, the community episode. I I can't remember if we do them on the community episode. If we don't, yes, we we just don't do what we've been up to. Uh, okay, well, you go ahead and read one. I don't have any ready. So this is from my my recent video. Never take a street motorcycle on a jeep trail. This was via a Facebook <laughs> posting. <laughs> this person says. This might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen on here. It's a street bike meant to be ridden on the street. Of course it has issues off-road. And then my comment was, I, I don't think that you actually watched the video because if you did, you wouldn't have that comment. But Yeah. No, they, they asked I it right a, when they saw it. Yeah, no, yeah. That, a lot of people a lot of people just said that, which was funny. And every, every single person that said that, I'm like, oh, you, you didn't watch the video. <laughs> well... Gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to answer all these wonderful questions submitted by all these wonderful people. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. If you would like to get the chance to have your question read on there, make sure you go to www.greensuiterspodcast.com. Go to the questions tab. Enter in a brief question, please. A lot. See, every, every question that we had here, one sentence. Yep. That's like, that's like the best one. One sentence. Because they all came from Instagram. <laughs> well, whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's gone to the website leave, since October. Thanks, listeners. Leave. leave actually, I haven't checked, but leave your. Um, go to the website. Leave a question. Make sure you keep it brief. Put your name in there. So we we can we can credit who sent it, and uh, we'll see you in episode seven zero. USTF. US Stone Fashioner said, "Just point at the shirt." Sixty six. It's one of the they've always that's the next community episode. Really? Oh no, I got it. Duh. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. What's Edge? US Tool and Fasters, they got great sweatshirts. (laughs) Are they comfy? Oh my god, they're so damn warm. Are they like cashmere? They're like they're like really cozy, snuggly, snuggly. Are they as soft as a baby kitten who hasn't even been born yet? Oh my god, it's so soft. Soft. So soft. soft. Alright, everybody. Alright. Thanks so much. Let's see you in the next one. Later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.